Amen, amen. Good morning. Let's try that again. Good morning. Welcome home. We are so glad you're here today. If you are new this morning, we are one church in two locations, and so we want to welcome our uh, Columbus Family Connecting Point Church, as well as, as uh, you all here today. We are glad to be with you this morning. We are st- ending a series today called Connecting Point Because Relationships Matter. And if you've been gone for the last two weeks or you're new today, we've been talking about once we connect with God, He starts to change us. He starts to change our story. And when we think about change, sometimes we don't know what that means, but uh, I was thinking specifically about a story of a girl named Lauren that was in my youth group. I was actually a youth pastor for 10 and a half years before uh, I'm, I became the lead pastor here at the church. And while I was at youth pastor, basically there was this uh, camp that happened in June of 2005, and it's really where everything changed for our youth group. And really changed uh, for our church some, and even our schools. I, I remember this like it was yesterday. We were at this camp called Camp Sagamont, which was uh, this camp just outside of Joplin, Missouri, at the time. And I don't know what the guy was speaking about at the, you know, up front, but I just know that it was impacting our kids. And there was a group of students who began to just give their whole life to God. And I remember specifically one of those people that gave their life to Christ came up to me, and her name was Lauren, and she had these tears in her eyes. And she said, Pastor Kyle, she said, I have totally given everything that I have and know how to give to God. And I just remember being so excited about that and just, you know, prayed with her. And man, not only her, but other students in our youth group began to just give their life to Christ. I mean, not just kind of, but really in a really powerful way. And it began to change not only their story, but the stories of, the, of students around them. And it began to impact our church. And that's what this series is about, is learning that once we give our life to Christ, it begins to change things, begins to change stories like it did Lauren's story and other stories of students in our youth group. It changed their story. That's what we talked about week one. When we connect with God, he begins to change our story. And as he changes our story, we learned in week two, he begins to transform our character. See, when we're born, we have, whether we realize it or not, we have a a selfish nature that decides what is right, and what is wrong. And when the Holy Spirit comes into our life, all of a sudden we give God the pen and He begins to draw the lines in our life as to what is right and what is wrong. And when He begins to write, begins to write down what is right and what is wrong, it begins to transform our character. There are certain things and, and places and, and habits maybe that we had in the past that now all of a sudden with the Spirit inside of us, God's Spirit inside of us, now all of a sudden maybe it's not okay. And some of the things that we used to think weren't okay, maybe now are okay. He begins to transform our character. That's what we talked about a couple of weeks back. 
Last week, we talked about as he changes our story and he transforms our character, he begins to reveal his plans for us. Sometimes when we think of plans, we think of these massive plans. God has this great big plan for me, or God doesn't have a great big plan for me. But really, what God has plans for us is he has plans for us every second of every day. In fact, God has plans for you and I right now. God has plans for something he wants to say to you and say to me and accomplish in me and accomplish in you right now, today. We also learned that not only does God have plans, but our enemy, the devil, also has plans for us. He wants to steal and kill and destroy. He doesn't care how he does it. He doesn't care what the methods are. He just wants to accomplish it. But with God's Spirit on the inside of us, as he changes our story and transforms our character and reveals his plans, there's one last thing that we're going to talk about today that he does to us. Or actually, really, it's something that happens to us. It's called belonging. See, once we connect with God... We belong to the family of God. Say that with me in both locations today. Once we connect with God, we belong to the family of God. And that's true. That's kind of maybe a simplistic thought for many of us, but maybe for some of us today, that's powerful. Really, it should be powerful for all of us. See, when we connect with God, we belong to his family, the family of God. You know, belonging is a big deal. We see so many teenagers, and not just teenagers, but people in general in life who don't feel like they belong somewhere. They don't feel like they fit. They don't feel like they have a purpose. Maybe it's trying to figure out what their major is going to be or what they're going to do with their life. Maybe it's because, you know, their, their husband or their wife passed away or they're, you know, divorced or they're struggling with some habit that, or something they need help with. And as a result, they just don't feel like they fit. And folks, today, when we connect with God, we belong to his family. And as a result of belonging, there's a lot of things that happen to us. And we want to talk about those this morning, today. So those few things that we want to talk about today as we become a part of the family of God are pretty simple. The first is, to be a part of the family of God, we're not born into it, we're reborn into it. Say that with me. We aren't born into it, we are reborn into it. If we think about that today, there's many people that, that maybe come to their church with their parents. I remember as a kid, I, I actually, my parents went to church from the time I was born. I didn't follow God from the time I was born, but my parents went to church from the time I was born. And there was a temptation at times for me to think that I was a part of the family of God because I attended church. Now, the church that I went to growing up was welcoming, and, and I felt welcomed, but I thought in a sense that really I was connected to God because I was connected to my parents. But the truth is this morning, we, don't, we aren't connected to God because we attend a church service. And we aren't connected to God because our parents or our grandparents or we're related to somebody who's really spiritual. We're connected to God through our personal relationship with Him. See, the faith family, the family of God, 
is something that we're reborn into through accepting Jesus into our hearts. It's not something that we inherit. It's something that we believe and accept. That's what John said. He said, but to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. To all who believe and accept Jesus. To all who believe and accept Jesus. Say that with me. To all who believe and accept Jesus, he gave the right to become children of God. If you have the right to hunt or fish someone's land, that doesn't mean everybody has the right. But you have been given the right. And this morning, as we have relationship with Jesus, we are a part of the family of God. And you know what's even more exciting is, is that Jesus died so that all would have the right as they claim it, as they believe and as they accept that all would have the right to become children of God, to become a part of the family of God. John says they are reborn not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. These students that I was telling you about earlier that began to to let God have all of them, you saw this character transformation take place in their life. You saw a rebirth take place. Not a physical birth, but a spiritual birth that began to happen in them. And they began to realize that their life wasn't centered around themselves, but other people. And you want to know what started to happen? True story. We had four kids in our youth group when these kids got involved. Within just a year, through them inviting their friends and and, and having relationship with their friends, the youth group just exploded. It was nothing I did or any of the other adults did. It was kids that started taking seriously this rebirth inside of themselves. They started seeing themselves differently. And they started seeing the people around them differently. And they started to realize the value of connection with the family of God. See, we need connection more than we realize with the family of God. I'll be honest with you. There are times where you and I come to church and we're discouraged. In fact, some of you might be there today maybe feeling hopeless, maybe feeling down. And I'm just going to be real honest with you. I need sunshine. I don't know about you. Can we get an amen in here? Amen. I need some sunshine. I'm sick of this depressing, cloudy weather. And folks, when we are a part of the family of God, we get this spiritual sunshine into our lives. People who welcome us and pray for us and support us and encourage us. But you know what the enemy likes to do? No matter how long you've been been attending a church, he wants to get us off by ourselves so that we can focus on what's wrong with us. Or if that's not going to work, what's wrong with everybody else? Or if that's not going to work, what's wrong with us because of what's wrong with them? (laughs) Jesus came so that we could not only belong to the family of God, but that we could flourish within the family of God. 
In Hebrews, it talks about how. He says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. These students in the youth group at that time, they began to think of ways they could motivate people around them that were in the youth group and also people outside of it to spur them on with love and ways that they could serve. Folks, God calls us to think of ways as the family of God that we can encourage and motivate other people to love and good works. Last night, we got back from spring break. We went to Branson for a few days, and we were at Silver Dollar City. It was like 30-mile-an-hour winds sideways. It was, and I don't even like amusement parks anyway, so I was a bundle of joy last, this week. But my family, they really like it, so great. <laughs> so we were there, and, and last night, we got home at like 10 o'clock at night, and, and I was tired, and the kids were tired, Wit was tired, and we decided, Whitney and I, were like, okay, guys, when we get here, when we get to the house, you're going to carry in your luggage, you're going to unload it, you're going to take all your stuff to your room, and I'm not going to say who, but there might have been one or two that had an issue with that. And so we had a little intense moment of communication, we got that figured out, and they began to realize that, hey, when you're a part of this family, you're loved, but you're going to carry your weight, right? You're going to carry your weight, you're going to do your part. Okay? I'm not asking you to do more than your part, just your part. And when we're checking a church out, when we're not sure if we're connected to a specific church, that's one thing. But when we're connected to God and we're connected to His family, God calls us to do, carry our part. He calls us to not just make everything about us, but to begin to encourage and pray for other people. In fact, I would say that if we take seriously that we're a part of the family of God, if we understand God's word and we begin to, to walk with him, and we're not encouraging someone, we're not praying for someone, we don't feel a burden to come alongside someone. We need to ask ourselves why. He also says in that same passage of scripture that not to neglect meeting together as a fam the family of God. Folks, there is something that happens, whether you're in Columbus or here in Pittsburgh, there's something that happens when we gather together and worship the Lord. The Bible says that where two or three are gathered in his name, there he will be. You see, we talk a lot about soul care, meaning spending time with God on your own and reading God's Word and, and doing those things that keep our specific temple clean. And all those things are vitally important. But there's something that happens when we're together that just doesn't happen when we're not. This week even though I maybe had a bad attitude about the 30-mile-an-hour winds at Silver Dollar City, you want to know what my favorite things about the weekend was listening to my children laugh and play together and not argue for a little while. It just lasted for a few moments, but it was good. <laughs> but the reality is, I think it's the same for the Lord. When He sees the children of God, the family of God, encouraging one another and sharpening one another, and praying for one another, and carrying each other's burdens. I mean, we have burdens. We have things, decisions that we need to make. We have 
cancer doctor appointments. We have people who are deciding on if they're supposed to take the job or not. We have parents who are wondering how, they're, how they can manage this season with this child. We have people who are struggling with different kinds of disorders or addictions, and that's any church, any body, any family. And when we come together and we worship and we pray and we seek God's face and encourage each other, we become the family of God. The family of God is also, it's, it's inclusive. It's not exclusive. Say that with me. We are inclusive, not... And that's the truth today. We are inclusive, not exclusive. I love this quote by William Tyndale. He says, The church is the one institution that exists for those outside of it. Folks, today, I don't know about you, but I've been in some church settings. I've been in some settings where the church body, because by the way, the church body, it's a church body, it's not a building. The family of God is a body, not a building. But I've been a part of situations, and some of you maybe have, or you've heard of situations where the church is unhealthy, and it becomes unhealthy when they, the members of that church, the, the household, that family, starts to think of themselves, right? I mean, if you have kids, you know that what makes for a long car ride is when the kids start arguing with each other, right? Then that kind of frustrates mom, and she starts arguing with dad. That didn't happen to us. I'm just saying it could happen. Okay, this is fresh, all right? It's fresh. (laughs) And it creates disharmony. It creates unhealth. And that can happen to churches. That can happen when we start getting focused on the things that really aren't important. When families function the best, when they're the most healthy, is when they're focused on others. And in a church setting, it's the same way. See, we exist, our church exists today. The new church in Columbus, who's, you've been open three weeks, you exist, we exist, for those who are not there yet. Jesus said, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Listen to that. Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. He goes on in that same passage of Scripture. I have come not to call those who think they are righteous. Let's read it together. But those who know they are sinners. See, it's easy sometimes in a family to forget what our roles are. It's easy sometimes to to forget that God calls us to forgive when someone in the family is being frustrating. It's easy sometimes when we're in family settings to want to just give up on someone. In fact, it's easy sometimes to not even want our family to be any bigger than it is. Because we like that. It's comfortable. And yet God calls us, and His Word confirms it, to be about growing and building and reaching to build God's family. See, the family of God is unstoppable 
Jesus talked about it. He said in, in Matthew chapter 16, when he's talking to Peter, and Peter kind of represents the family of God. I mean, Peter's got all kinds of issues. Peter has failures. Peter has major failures. Peter has character flaws. Peter is impulsive. How am I doing so far? Peter has all kinds of issues, and it kind of represents all of us as, as the family of God. We come to God. We come in with different connections. I remember when my family came through, actually, this church 25-plus years ago. We had some, some stuff in our family. We were hurting, and, and we found the church during a time of hurting. Some of, some of our students come through the church, and they find their way here on a bus, some of you came in because you had a habit, you needed help, you had a hurt. Some of you in Columbus today, you walked through for the first time or you've been checking it out the last two or three weeks and you have something in your life that caused you to want to be there today. We all have different ways that we find the church and yet God wants to use us as he did Peter to be a rock on which he will build his church. And the scripture says, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. All the powers of hell will not conquer. That's an amen. All the powers of hell will not conquer the family of God. Let's read that scripture. I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. I'd call that unstoppable. We belong to a family that is unstoppable. All Satan can do to get at us is to try to make us not believe that. If he can get us to believe that we are stoppable, he has us. So what does he do? Make us feel like we don't belong. I don't belong in a relationship with God. I don't, I don't belong in God's family. I, 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 I can't possibly serve. I can't possibly get over what happened or what they did to me. So what Satan does is he just works on our mindset. But once we connect with God, we belong to the family of God. Remember Olive Garden? When you're here, your family, right? Makes me want to eat garlic bread. When you're here, your family. Folks, today we belong. You belong today. You belong today. You belong today. Jesus died so you could belong. Jesus died to change your story. He died to transform your character. He died to reveal the plans and the purposes that he has for your life in the ordinary times, in the difficult times, in the appointed times. See, God's vision is to connect us with him, to connect ordinary, sinful people with broken, shattered lives with him and transform our story, connecting ordinary people with an extraordinary God. If you're in Columbus today, that statement is on the east wall 
Everybody turn to the left if you're in Columbus. It's on the east wall. Church, if you're here in Pittsburgh, it's on the front wall. Connecting ordinary people with an extraordinary God. Let's say it together, both campuses. Connecting ordinary people with an extraordinary God. That's what God's plan is for his family, is to connect people to him. When Lauren came up to me at camp with tears rolling down her face, she said, I'm connected to God. I've asked Jesus into my life, and it started this process in her that transformed her character. I watched God reveal a plan to her. We took a mission trip to Costa Rica. And for the rest of us, we were there for the week just to love on people and see God from a different perspective. But while she was there, God revealed the plan that she's supposed to go back. So Lauren went back for, I think, like a year or so and did missionary work there. And God began to work in her life. And, and you know, she's one story. There's a lot of stories out there. Connecting ordinary people with an extraordinary God. How do we do that? Whether you're in Columbus or here today, really, it's all in God's Word. God does it through gathering us together as the family. You miss something when you don't gather together. We can't all meet every week. In fact, uh, an average church attender who attends all the time misses 12 times a year. We're all busy. There's a lot going on. It's, it's not as easy to, to meet every week, which is nice having online so you can watch from wherever you're at. But God calls us to gather together to worship him. That's the main reason that we gather together is to bring worship. It doesn't matter what kind of week you had. God's plan for you is to worship him. It doesn't matter if your life is great or it's falling apart or, or somewhere in between those two extremes. God wants us to gather together to worship him. We see examples in Scripture where someone's life is falling apart. If you know the story of Job, Job loses his family and loses his wealth and, and loses his health. And his wife says, curse God and die. She's a real support to him. The scripture says that he tore his robes and he worshiped the Lord. We're called to gather as a family and worship no matter how your week or how your year or how your life's been because he is worthy to be praised. And as we gather and we worship, we find encouragement and we begin to grow in spiritual maturity. Can I tell you today that God's plan, I'm not saying this is happening in your life or in my life, but this is what God's plan is. God's plan is for you and I to continue to become more and more and more like Christ. Some of the struggles and the tendencies that we had a year ago or two years ago we should be, as if we're walking with Christ, if we're, if we're seeking God, if we're reading his word, if we're praying, if we're spending time with him, some of those things start to become more and more like what God wants them to be. And some of those lines that we used to draw, now all of a sudden God is drawing. And eventually what happens is, it happened for Lauren, it happened to a lot of the other kids in the youth group at that time, they started to go. 
they organically went. It wasn't like we said something. They began to tell people about Jesus. Have you ever been to a restaurant before that you really liked? What's one of the first things you do? You tell somebody about it, don't you? You say, man, you need to check out this place. This is good. It's a hole in the wall, you know, but it's good. And when you have an encounter with Jesus that transforms your life, not because your grandparents go or because your parents go or because your wife goes or because somebody goes, but because you, you go and because you have a relationship with him, it begins to ooze out of your life. That's happening in our church here in Pittsburgh, and that's what birthed Columbus Church. For those of you today, I got to thinking the other day, you've never really heard the story of how you were born, how the church in Columbus got started. My kids, every birthday, I have three kids, Noah, Grace, and Luke, and every birthday, they always ask the same questions that they already know the answer to. What time was I born? You know, tell me about how I was born, and so we'll tell them. And Grace, you'll say, when was I born? I'll say, well, you're born at 7.37 in the morning. And Whitney will say, no, 7.36. And I'm like, okay, 7.36. <laughs> Luke, say, how, was, how, how are you born? Well, Luke, you know, you were supposed to be born two weeks later, but when we went to the doctor, the doctor said, uh, you're, the baby's coming now. And with Noah, we didn't know what we were doing. We tell them the story. And some of you will tell stories. You'll tell a story about when you met your friend or when you met your spouse or when you met that person in your life that changed the course of your life. There's that story. And there's something, some value of that because we want to belong. We want a sense of belonging. My brother, Chris, I met him when I was three years old. And Chris is not only my brother, he's one of my best friends. We went to Branson this weekend. He's a goofball. We were at this little timeshare place with him and they had this outdoor swimming pool. It was like 40 degrees outside. And Chris was like, I bet you won't jump in there. I said, I bet you I will. So I went and jumped in there and then he jumps in there and we both look like idiots. So Noah jumps in there. We've got this story to tell the rest of our life of how dumb we are. So for those in Columbus today, you were prayed for before you could even imagine. God actually put it in the heart of a guy named Mark Bain, who was our district superintendent a few years back. And he talked to, to us about it. And we just, we weren't hearing God's voice yet. And so nothing happened. And then Phil Rhodes, our other district superintendent, some of you are new here in Pittsburgh today. You might not even know this story. Began to talk to us about it. And it didn't make any sense on paper with math because we only had one family that lived in Columbus, the Sourwines. He's probably the one playing the drums today at your church. And yet God began to work and he put it on our hearts and we stepped out in faith as a church and we began to seek the Lord. We asked that people would pray about raising $100,000 and sending 100 people to Columbus. And God began to work and people began to pray and things began to happen. 
and Pittsburgh Church and Columbus Church. There's a family in Columbus today because God wants to connect ordinary people with an extraordinary God. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's awesome. So if you're new here today, the family that's been here a while or been in Columbus for a minute, you've all heard this before, but if you're new today, you're You are welcome to our family. And Jesus died so that you could be welcome into our family. So we encourage you with one action step today. Make the connection with the family of God. And for those of you who are saying, well, this sermon's not for me. What are you doing to help others make the connection with the family of God? Church family, what are you doing to help others make the connection with the family of God? Let's stand in both locations today. Lord Jesus, we thank you today that you call us not to walk alone, but walk together And Father, we are so thankful and grateful for our our family in Columbus today. Father, you see the people's lives that are going to be changed. Father, we're so thankful for our family here in Pittsburgh, and, and you want to change lives here. And Lord, there's people watching online that haven't decided if they want to belong or not, but I pray that you just begin to put it on our hearts, Father, to connect with you. so that we can not only belong to the family of God, but so we can connect others to the family of God. Lord, I just celebrate today that Pastor Dylan, who used to be the youth pastor here in Pittsburgh and and moved away and started a church in Columbus. And Lord, I celebrate today that that church is multiplying. Pastor Selene is going to be preaching a message, Father, to a group, a new church family today at the North Campus. Father, I lift up Pastor Dylan to you who's, who's stepping out as well in faith as a part of the family of God and starting evangelism today, Lord, with his wife. They're in Nixa, Missouri today with their first revival. And I lift up Nixa to you. Father, may we multiply in Columbus. May we multiply here in Pittsburgh May every church, Lord, that proclaims the message of Jesus Christ multiply for your glory, for your kingdom. Thank you that we can belong to the family of God. In Jesus' name, all the people said, amen.